Welcome, welcome everyone. Thank you so much. Um, as we now transition into the teaching hour. Hallelujah. 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 Welcome. Sat you with me, brother? I'm here. Welcome to the 10 days teaching hour where stepping into the reformation of the church becomes a reality. Hi, I'm Grant Berry. I'm Sot Scrivener. And welcome to the 10 days teaching hour with Halle Berry. <laughs> we have a very special guest today. We are honored um, to introduce to you a father in the faith. Um, uh, and if I may say so, prepare yourselves to be drinking in some vintage wine in the spirit. Um, Raleigh and I have become good friends. Uh, we met actually uh, in a foot washing ceremony a number of years in a one new man prayer focus. And then more recently, the two of us were blessed to be on that Jewish cruise uh, that um, MLR puts on every year. And I know uh, if Frizz was on, he would mention how he wants somehow to get a ticket on the next, uh, on, on the next journey with us. Uh, but a number of, um, uh, there's a Jewish ministry that gets uh, all of the, the, um, the Jewish leaders together once a year. And every so often they take us on a cruise, which is really wonderful for us to fellowship together. And uh, Raleigh and I sat on that cruise for three hours and could not believe how similar our messages and understanding are concerning the reconnection and uh, realignment in the one you man except you know he has a focus to bring leaders and pastors into this message and we we are really focused uh, to to assist the, the the watchman of the lord so we we were just blown away that we just uh, it was like he was speaking to me about my message and i was speaking to him about my message it was it was amazing and i know how wanted to say something too so uh, we have a one new man prayer call twice a month, and Raleigh was our was our honored guest recently. And Grant had wanted me to put on, uh, you know, just to promote it on social media, and I had to go and get a picture from. So I knew to go to social media and find one. And what you all don't know is that Raleigh Washington is quite the dancer. We caught a video of him shaking it, right? And I don't think you're ever gonna live that down, but you should be very proud for your moves. I'm just saying. <laughs> so without further ado, we are gonna hand it over to Raleigh. For those of you who don't know, uh, he is, uh, was one of the found, founders of Promise Keepers with Coach McCartney back in the 90s, which as you know, had an amazing effect on um, a male ministry, ministry to men in, in the church. So Raleigh, uh, please take it away, brother. Well, uh, good morning, good afternoon, uh, Grant and Hallie. 
it's a joy to be here with you and a joy to catch uh, the last portion of, of that prayer focus uh, in Espanol. So that was wonderful, wonderful indeed. Um, Coach McCartney, uh, the founder of Promise Keepers, uh, joined with me, or I joined with him and founded a ministry that we call The Road to Jerusalem. It's all about uh, uh, the Jewish roots of the Christian faith, but uh, more importantly, it's about uh, uh, the prayer of our Lord that focuses on bringing uh, Jewish believers and non-Jewish believers together in a one new man relationship that um, I call one new man sometimes, but I also call it one new humanity as it is written in the NIV because that seems to be more friendly toward uh, the ladies. Uh, uh, that's our focus. Um, uh, what I wanna do to start because I wanna share the ministry of reconciliation from the word of God. Uh, because that's a focus of the ministry of the road to Jerusalem. And it is very apropos for this hour where there is racial strife uh, in our United States of America. And you have the same kind of strife uh, in Israel as well. Uh, and so during these 10 days of awe to focus our prayer, dealing uh, with uh, God's calling for the one new man, uh, I think is most appropriate. And I'm blessed to be uh, in this session with you. I wanna read to you from the preface written by myself and my co-partner, Glenn Kierine, who's with the Lord now in 1993. I'm gonna read a part of this preface. It says, this book is about a solution. The reality of racial strife in our society is obvious. In the recent Los Angeles riots, if the recent Los Angeles riots has taught us anything, it is that we have been traveling in circles. Riots fermenting in the hotbed of racial inequality and poverty lie dormant only to rise again each time more vile and destructive. That was written in 1993, following uh, the riots in Los Angeles when Rodney King, a black man, was beaten by six white policemen and it started riots across the nation. And basically we say that uh, we are traveling in circles because it's gonna return and when it does, it is going to be more vile and destructive. Well, a few months ago, there was the murder of George Floyd and it created the very same thing that happened with the riots in Los Angeles for Rodney King, but it was more vile and far more destructive. And that will continue to happen. This circle will continue to happen if we do not understand God's solution for this circular dynamic of uh, racial strife and unrest uh, that uh, happens. Uh, I'm gonna provide what I believe is a, a biblical uh, Adonai given solution to 
the racial strife that can be permanent if we really understand it. The Road to Jerusalem ministry that Coach McCartney and I started has a vision, and that vision is that the world may believe, that the world may believe. Taken really from the prayer of our Lord in John 17, and uh, that's uh, the dynamic of our calling. Well, reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation, I believe it is a universal calling for all believers, Jewish believers and non-Jewish believers. It is a universal calling. Uh, we are to carry out the ministry of reconciliation. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 to 19. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 reads this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Mashiach, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Then verse 18. Now all these things are from Adonai, who reconciled us to himself through Mashiach and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Don't miss that. This is given to everyone who is in verse 17. If we are a new creature, we've given our lives to Yeshua. We're born again believers in Yeshua, and we are a new creation. And to all in the new creation, not just the messianic rabbis and the pastors and the deacons and the elders, but everyone who is a believer has been given this ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19 describes it, namely, that Adonai was in Mashiach reconciling the world. Remember that word world. Remember this is about something happening, not to just a few people or just in Israel or the USA, but it's happening in the world. That Adonai was in Mashiach reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. It is a universal calling. It is mandatory. It is generic for all believers. Uh, the ministry of reconciliation. Uh, to be specific, uh, the ministry of reconciliation is basically based on two great commandments. Love Adonai with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. That's the first and the greatest commandment. And none to it. Then love your neighbor as yourself. So loving your neighbor as yourself is a reflection of the reality that you love Adonai with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. They're the two greatest commandments. So reconciliation means I'm reconciled with Adonai and it must be manifested in how I embrace, engender, initiate, and maintain relationships with my neighbors, especially my neighbors who are not as I am. And th there's a specificity associated with that we'll get into. So that's the ministry of reconciliation. It is a mandatory calling for all believers uh, that we love Almighty God, we love Adonai, and it's demonstrated in how we love one another. 
That's a universal calling to the ministry of reconciliation. Now, second aspect of this is there's a, a, some specificity to that calling. There are some unique things that we must understand. It's not just generic, but there's something special. Uh, that, that, that specific dynamic is, is pointed out in the high priestly prayer of Yeshua in John chapter 17, in which he prays the entire chapter. He prays for himself. Uh, he says, I've, I've accomplished what you asked me to do. Now give me back the glory that I had with you before the world was. Then he prays for his disciples. Uh, the world hates them because the world hates me. And don't take them out of the world, but in the world, protect them from the evil one. But then here's an application in his prayer to all believers and followers. It's in verse 20. Uh, Yeshua prays, I do not pray for these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word, that they would all be one, just as I and you, Father, you and me, and then us, that the world, hear that word again, now world, may believe that you sent me. This ministry that God has called us to is a ministry that's designed to impact the entire world if we understand what it is and understand the elements associated with it. So our Lord is praying. Now, uh, Coach McCartney and I calls uh, those two verses uh, a universal calling for salvation for the entire world. Basically, our Lord is saying in his prayer, if his chosen people, the Jewish people, who embrace him as Messiah, share the good news and the gospel that he has given to them. And he shares that to those. These are the Jewish believers. Those are the non-Jewish believers. That the two would become one. That oneness have, will have a catalytic impact on the world. When they see it, they will then believe that Yeshua himself indeed is the Messiah. Uh, now, what is part of the problem? Uh, if you take a tree and cut that tree off at ground level and take that tree and plant it somewhere else, what will happen to that tree? It will ultimately die. Why? If you cut it off at ground level, you have separated that tree from its root and it will ultimately die. That is exactly what has happened to the body of Messiah. Uh, and the Nicene Council, uh, the Jewish root of the Christian faith was literally separated when Jewish people were separated from really the body of believers. That separation has left us with a faith that is destined to wither and die because we are not connected to the root. Uh, Romans tells us, you know, Hey, the branches don't give life to the root, but the root gives give life to the branches. That is Yeshua. So uh, if, if we want this tree now to live, we have to take this tree and put it back and connect it to its root. And then that tree will live and be vibrant again. 
That's what has to happen with the body of Messiah. We have to now reconnect uh, the believers to our root, which is Jewish, so that the body of Messiah uh, can live. I think that is very much expressed in uh, the one new man, Jew and Gentile, one in Messiah. Well, the goal of doing that will give us, and I think it's an ultimate goal of peace. We need to look at one other scripture to drive this home, and that is Ephesians chapter two, because I believe that the universal calling to all believers uh, is to the minister of reconciliation. I think that reconciliation has to begin with Jew and Gentile, one and Messiah, the one new man. I believe that is the top button on God's shirt of reconciliation. Uh, but the goal is, I think, world peace once again. In Ephesians chapter two, let me read to you two ver verses. In Ephesians chapter two, in verse 14, it says, For he himself, yes, Yeshua, he himself is our peace, who made both groups. The Bible only talks about two groups, either Jewish or non-Jewish. No matter what category of non-Jewish you are, it's two groups. Uh, he made two groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is in the law of commandments contained in the ordinances, that in himself he might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace. That's one new humanity, thus establishing peace. It's important to understand exactly what that one new humanity looks like. It's Jewish and Jewish believers who are in a committed, visible, viable, practical, living out relationship where they understand one another, they embrace one another, they become in great relationship. It is a relationship uh, that our Lord commanded, uh, a new commandment, I give you that you love one another, this way the world will know that you're my fathers. It's a new commandment that he uh, uh, prayed for, in John 17, I pray that, they, that these and those would be one. And it's a commandment that he literally went to the stake of execution, the cross. And he literally died for one new man. Certainly, the primary reason for his death was redemption. To establish a permanent relationship between man and Adonai through Yeshua, the Messiah, Savior of the world. But the second purpose of his death was to destroy the dividing wall of hostility that exists between Jewish believers and non-Jewish believers, destroy that hostility, creating one new humanity, thus establishing peace. A definition for that word peace in Verse 15 of Ephesians 2 is this. 
in a state of national tranquility. We've really got to understand this because he prayed uh, that the world would believe. Uh, he prayed that, uh, uh, that, that this impact would, would be uh, uh, global for, for all to see. And should they respond, the world would be national tranquility. This, I believe, is a promise from Adonai for those of us who believe in him and respond to his obedience and respond to the call of reconciliation and establish the relationship in a permanent fashion, his promise is that we would see national tranquility. Let me show you why that's so applicable for what exists today. Racial strife today is rampant. It is rampant in the USA. It is rampant in Israel. The similarity of the strife and division that exists, uh, our current president is being attacked uh, from all sides and the attacks are toxic and, 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 and beyond measure. Uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is being attacked from all sides and the attacking is toxic beyond measure. You have division between conservatives in America and liberals in America and the division is toxic. In Israel, you have division between conservatives and the liberals and the division is also toxic. What is the solution? The solution really is in a simple word that if we understand it and grasp it and embrace it, it will make all the difference in the world. And that one word is relationship. Genuine, committed, bona fide relationship. I think that relationship has to start according to the formula that our Lord has given us in the living word of Yeshua, uh, the formula says the top button of the relationship is the relationship between Jewish and non-Jewish believers. Uh, in America, it's Jew and Gentile. Uh, because I'm African-American in America, I said it likes to be between blacks and whites or between uh, uh, Jewish believers and African-American believers. Uh, and, I, and I think there's something significant about that dynamic. Uh, why? Uh, when African-Americans and Jewish brothers and sisters come together, something supernatural takes place. Uh, many people do not understand that the NAACP was founded by four people. Two of those four people were Jewish. And for the first 23 years of the NAACP, the chairman of the board of directors for the NAACP was Jewish. Uh, and so that coming together has been for a, a powerful dynamic. We need to reestablish that dynamic of coming together because I believe in the United States of America, with the exception of the Native Americans, the most oppressed people are Jewish and African-Americans. 
in the Jewish community, it is anti-Semitism. And anti-Semitism is rampant. And people who are not Jewish don't realize that the level of anti-Semitism in America and even around the world is at the level of the days of Hitler and even greater. And it's not understood. That is anti-Semitism, hatred against God's chosen people. They want to be replaced. In the United States of America, it is racism. It is systemic. It goes back to slavery. After slavery, it was Jim Crow laws. And, and the whole works, we're still experiencing systemic racism. So as we face, as African-Americans, racism, and as our Jewish brothers and sisters face anti-Semitism, I believe there is some purposefulness in our coming together as believers. I believe that if Jewish believers and African-American believers come together as one in the one new man relationship, it will be a catalyst that will ignite revival, not only in America and in Israel, but around the entire world. I want to say that once again, because uh, I believe this in all of my heart, and I think it's clear, and I think this is what God is saying in this hour. If my brothers, African-American brothers and sisters who are facing racism once again, would understand that our first calling is to reach out and grab the arms and hands of our Jewish brothers and sisters who, and together we love Yeshua, it, there were, Adonai himself has promised a catalytic explosion of belief in Yeshua and the promise, get this, is a national state of tranquility. So the problem is lack of relationship. The solution is relationship. And the top button to God's shirt of, of reconciliation is Jew and Gentile, one and Messiah. If we get that right, every other buttonhole black, white, brown, red, and yellow will fall in place automatically. Why? Because it is his promise. Here's how I sum this up. We started out saying that uh, our Lord prayed for the world to see a relationship and believe that he is the Messiah. He went to the cross and he, he died for oneness between Jewish and Gentile believers to make one new humanity, thus ending, resulting in peace. So if we want to have a lasting peace in America, we have to get relationships across racial lines, recognizing that the top button is Jewish and non-Jewish believers. If we do that, we're going to have peace. In Israel, it's already starting in Israel. Our president is, is getting peace between Bahrain and United Arab Republic along with Israel. They're signing what kind of a treaty? A peace treaty. They're coming together. Why? They're establishing exactly what the Bible says we need to establish, relationship. And to the degree that those relationships are permanent, 
is to the degree that we will have peace, not only in the Middle East, but peace even here in the United States of America. That's God's heart, that's his goal, and it's summed up in one new humanity, the one new man, the relationship between Jewish and Gentile believers. Now, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. I'm not going to sing about it because I can't sing, but as Hallie knows, I can dance, and I'll dance to it because I believe it's God's truth. Uh, I understand now we can have a time for a little Q&A, especially any questions about the racial strife. I believe that what is not understood in America in this hour is that laws and regulations are necessary to set parameters, but laws, rules, and regulations will never change the condition of a per person's heart. The only thing that will change a condition of the heart is a genuine relationship where people understand each other, love each other, care for one another, become advocates for one another, and that will make the difference. So I'll stop now, Grant, and see if we can get some questions. Amen, I think uh, Sat is gonna uh, lead us off in the question focus. Sure, and so just as a reminder, everybody, um, we've got the links to a YouTube channel, Facebook page. We're recording this and we'll have this posted along with all the other teaching sessions. And uh, as I kick off with a, an initial question, if anybody has a question, feel free to put it in the tech, text box, uh, send a chat and uh, we'll filter through those and, and get to it. Um, so I had an initial question, Raleigh. Obviously you mentioned uh, the cyclical nature of some of these uh, upswells of conflict and they ebb down. And obviously we seem to be in an upswell right now. Mm -hmm. And so um, I wondered if you having lived through, I'm sure a number of these cycles, if you have any insight for the younger generation that I would say is prone to get carried away in outrage. Do you have any uh, nuggets of truth or any real wisdom insights that you could provide uh, for that generation who are, are feeling that raw emotion so strongly? Uh, uh, thank you so much for that question. I, I do indeed. Uh, if we can somehow get the millennials to understand what I have said over and over again is the solution, and that is genuine relationship across racial lines. Uh, Zach Banner, an African-American football player for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, called out another African-American football player uh, in the NFL because he made a very anti-Semitic statement uh, against Jewish people. And Zach Banner publicly called him out and says, brother, that's wrong. Uh, we need to stand with our Jewish brothers and sisters because they face anti-Semitism as we face racism. And what you're saying is wrong, we need to change. Now, why did Zach Banner, and there's no indication even that Zach is necessarily a believer, why did he do that? He said that when he was a student at the University of Southern California, he met a Jewish, uh, student. They became 
the best of friends. And because they became the best of friends, Zach Banner all of a sudden is calling out anti-Semitic comments by other football players uh, because he had a genuine friend. He understood anti-Semitism through his friend. His friend understood racism through him. And out of that singular relationship, Zach Banner is not getting enraged with all of these dynamics. He's realizing that relationship across racial lines is a solution to the problem. Here's the thing about millennials. Uh, I served as, for 15 years as a trustee at Azusa Pacific University in California. And we, I, I heard over and over and over again, as we analyze young students, millennials, th they have one thing in common. They want to change the world. They don't, I mean, they want to change the world. Now, if you notice in the riots after George Floyd was murdered, there were as many or more white young adults uh, protesting as African-Americans, as many or more. Why? They were millennials and they want to change the world and they're getting on a bandwagon. The issue is they're doing it out of rage or out of uh, uh, um, uh, not understanding uh, the dynamics of what's taking place. For example, Black Lives Matter as an organization is toxic, is very toxic and is problematic. But the phrase Black Lives Matter makes sense. Uh, but because it's connected to the organization, it's, uh, it's problematic. Well, these young people don't know that. They have not understood that dynamic. And so they are promoting a, a, a toxic Marxist uh, and, uh, and, and really witchcraft agenda because that's exactly what the two leaders are all about. And they don't know that. So we need to have relationships based on knowledge and understanding. Millennials, they don't grasp and understand. So as older people, if we can <laughs> kind of feed them the right knowledge, get them to move, put them in the right direction, Um, Raleigh, just unmute yourself. Okay. Good. Yeah, we can hear you now. It was just that last sentence. All righty. Yeah, yeah. We 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 need to impart knowledge to millennials, uh, and 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 because if they get knowledge and the right understanding, they'll do the right thing, and then they'll start changing the world. See, this division that we are facing is a spiritual division. Uh, the two leaders, not only are they Marxists, but they, are, they practice openly witchcraft and calling up the dead. That's a part of what they're doing. So we have to understand it's a spiritual problem. And the only way you can solve a spiritual problem is with a spiritual answer. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Um, Raleigh, I have a, a, a question for you. Um, coming, coming from the Gentile side of the family, we, uh, the church has been taught for close to 1700 years through some of the teachings and influences of replacement theology that there is no Jew or Gentile anymore. 
that we're just one in the spirit. And um, I, uh, uh, can, you, can you just speak to that scripture and bring a greater definition for those uh, uh, on, on the church side that, that need a greater understanding in, in that focus? Uh, I, I sure can. Thank you so much, Grant. Um, John 17 is preached by hundreds, yea, thousands of Gentile pastors, and they preach it as generic unity. Uh, and I understand that. And, and that's not heresy, but it is not specifically accurate as well. John 17, if you understand the definition of these and those, these represents the Jewish believers, those are everyone else who believes in Yeshua because of the word preached by, by these. So these are Jewish, those are non-Jewish. And so the specificity in the oneness in John 17 prayer of our Lord is these and those that they would be one. And so the, if you understand the definition of these and the definition of those, you see it's Jew and Gentile. So it's not generic unity. It's a unity between Jewish and Gentile believers. The other way to understand it, when we, when we say that uh, there's neither uh, male nor female, Jew nor Greek, you know, slave nor free, but we're all one. Well, you gotta understand that definition. Uh, I'm male and my wife is female, and we are one, but, but she's a whole lot different than I am. <laughs> Praise the Lord. She's not the same as I am. She's different. She brings all of her femininity to the table. I bring my masculinity to the table, and the two of us are one. She has what I don't have and what I need, and I have what she doesn't have and need, and the two become one, but yes, that's a oneness, but but we do not eliminate the identity of the male nor the female in the process. And so we, for when we don't understand Jew and Gentile, two entities becoming one in a relationship, like in, in, a, in a marriage, then we're missing the boat. When we say generic unity, we, we, yes, it is, but we have to understand the specificity that our Lord himself gives in his prayer when he says, uh, these and those, and, and, and when he went to the cross, Paul gives specificity. He says, and the two groups become one. So we have to understand that specificity to understand the Jewish believer is different than the Gentile believer, but when we become one, that's one new humanity, but we do not eliminate our distinctiveness. You know, uh, Grant, I just close it by saying this. I was black yesterday. I'm black today. And I bet you $5, I'm going to be black tomorrow. And so my blackness is not going to change. And when I join the olive tree, brother, that represents you, uh, I don't become Jewish. Uh, I become spiritually one with you. My, my ethnic identity does not change, nor does yours but we become one in Christ Jesus. And so uh, that needs to be understood. So that it just, when you were sharing that, it's like your wife, may she hold on to going to sh the mall and go shopping and you keep going to your baseball games. Sometimes you're gonna go to the mall with her and sit in the man chair. And sometimes she's gonna go to the ball game with you. 
but that doesn't mean you have to give up you know the individual i i agree with that 100 percent, hallie uh, i agree i even go shopping with her sometimes and i just push the cart and i say yes dear and and, and that's whatever she wants me to do and when when she gets to the counter i pull out my wallet and i pay for it now that's the one new man right there <laughs> there you go holding on to your role brother <laughs> yeah, but but let me mention this Hallie has said something that is very, very crucial because the same principles that are required to have joy and peace in a marriage are the exact same principle required to have a successful and joyful relationship between Jewish and non-Jewish believers. The principles are the very same. Amen. It's like I can go celebrate Christmas, right? We can go and celebrate and, and, my, and our friends could come over and celebrate Hanukkah. Absolutely, Together. absolutely, Together. absolutely. Um, and, and, that's, and that's a good example because oftentimes uh, they say, well, Christmas is not one of the high holidays. It is not, uh, but Gentiles have, have made it a celebration for the birth of our Lord. Now he wasn't born on the 25th of December, we know that, but it's the day set aside to do that. And what I did is uh, uh, two young people who were on Road to Jerusalem, Evan Levine, uh, uh, I had them spend a Christmas Eve holiday with me because Hanukkah and Christmas was on at the same time. And what happened is I showed them how I celebrate Christmas. They showed me how they celebrate Hanukkah. And we had a ball. I, I, I had potato lattes and I learned how to pay dreidels, man. So it was that's, a ball. And that's the way, that's the way in this reconnection, it, it really needs to be. Let love and liberty flow from both sides of the olive tree. And um, Raleigh, would you, we're gonna spend a few minutes uh, in prayer and we're gonna open the lines uh, for people to join us, but you know, there, uh, we know that the, uh, this message is new. It's been hidden from prior generations, really from the church age. And now that Israel's awakening, uh, it's so essential for us to, to, to get knowledge and revelation of this because it really is foundational to John 17 unity and taking back that spirit of division from the evil one that I believe is going to empower the body of Messiah, and especially many of us watchmen to be able to intercede with greater authority to bring down the walls of division and separation in other aspects of the church. Would you, would you, would you, would you Raleigh? Um, uh, okay, uh, before we go into prayer, Seth just has a quick question for you. Yes, Raleigh, um, one, just give us like one minute on, as a person who's walked with the Lord for so long, and experienced really profound favor and influence in his life. Can you just give us a, a quick couple of lines on how coming into this one new man revelation impacted your personal um, life and, and walk with the Lord as a Gentile believer? Hey, thank you so much. Um, when we started the Road to Jerusalem ministry, Evan Levine was 21 years old. And my wife recruited him to be a part of uh, the young adult ministry. And uh, Evan uh, 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 raised his support and came uh, 
and and he lived in the basement of the house that we used for an office. Evan Levine is Jewish. He didn't go to Bible school. And I began to talk to Evan Levine. And, and I have a master of divinity in theology. Uh, and I taught theology for eight years at the seminary level. I could not believe the insight into scripture that Evan Levine in his early 20s would give to me day after day after day. Uh, I used to get upset with him uh, and, uh, because he was digging more nectar out of the scripture than I could. And, and uh, wait a minute, I'm the teacher, you know, I, I'm the president and CEO. I taught theology. I, you know, I've read the Bible. I've studied Hebrew and Greek, and, and I understand this. And this young 22-year-old uh, Jewish kid is understanding a deeper level of the Bible than myself. And then uh, it became very clear. Uh, Jewish people have an innate calling of God to understand the scriptures because Romans chapter 3 says one of the reasons why God's chosen people are special, they have, all Adonai have, has imparted the scriptures to them in order for them to really share it with us. And so his just uh, God-given innate ability to understand the neck of the word drew us together. I can't tell you, for, for about three to four years, we would spend sometimes two or three hours a day just talking about the word. I'm teaching him what, uh, 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 what I knew, and he's taking me to a deeper level, even though he is not really set under the professors that didn't understand the depth of the scriptures that they were teaching. So uh, uh, that's what will happen if we develop and understand relationships and walk with our Jewish brothers hand in hand. There's a ton that we can gain from them. Yeah, I, I really, you know, we teach with, uh, especially with Romans 911, that it, you can't see the end times solely through a Gentile lens because uh, the reconciliation and the one you man is center to what God's doing. We need the Father's heart and both Jewish and Gentile perspectives to be able to see this end times the way the Father wants us to. And I really believe also as we come into this reconciliation, we're going to see and receive much greater clarity in our eschatology by, by embracing the Jewish side and coming together with both perspectives. Um, Raleigh, would you, would you, we're gonna spend a few minutes, uh, we're gonna uh, up to about five minutes before the hour, we're gonna spend about 10 minutes in prayer, would you lead us? And then we're also going to, uh, Sat's gonna lead us in a prayer time for the return before we uh, um, finish the hour. So uh, Raleigh, would you lead us off brother? And then let's open the lines. Um, let's open, um, Kurt, if you could open the lines Unmute the lines after Raleigh prays. That would be great. Thank you. Avina Makenu, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Almighty Adonai, who loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son, Yeshua, for the single, solitary, ultimate goal of not simply 
dying on the cross for us, but more so, he who knew no sin literally became sin so that we could become the righteousness of Adonai through him. We say hallelujah, what a savior. Uh, during these 10 days of awe, uh, uh, Lord, we, we come before you humbly. We, we, we repent of, of falling short of your glory. We ask, uh, forgive us, we want clean hands and clean hearts uh, to serve you in spirit and in truth. Lord, I, I, I intercede on behalf of so many of my Gentile pastors uh, and leaders uh, who love you, but, but fall short in understanding your calling on their life uh, to stand with his chosen people. The days are going to come when it would be dangerous to be Jewish. And those days are rapidly approaching us. And who will stand with God's chosen people during that time? We who are Gentiles, but love Yeshua and understand his word that we're to stand with our brothers and sisters who are Jewish, no matter what. I pray, Father, that eyes would be open as we recruit pastors to go to Israel with us and share this message of reconciliation. Open the eyes so that they will understand uh, your prayer, that they will understand uh, the second most critical purpose even for your death on the cross and, and, and understand that this one new man relationship, this one new humanity will result in a peace that surpass all understanding. May it happen. May it happen soon. Lord, we give you thanksgiving for the privilege of being servants for you, for your ministry to your chosen people. I pray this, Bishim Yeshua, Amen. Let us pray. Mm. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I come before you. And many of us as Africans, dear Lord, I specifically coming from Kenya, we come before you. We want to bring repentance, dear Lord, because your people were enslaved in our continent of Africa. Mm. Lord, I want to ask you to forgive us, dear Lord, what we have done as a continent, dear Lord, against your Jewish people, dear Lord. Mm. Lord, we want to come again and we want to remind you as a people, dear Lord, with um, our pastor Riley being an African-American, dear Lord. Lord, we want to bring repentance, dear Lord, where mm. our forefathers sold uh, our brethren, dear Lord, and we have brought so much contention. Lord, we want to ask you, just like you did for Joseph and just like you did for Moses, dear Lord, that you gave them African wives, mm -hmm. that, you, that you gave them African wives, dear Lord, that there'll be a reconciliation <laughs> between the Jews and the Gentiles, dear Lord. Mm -hmm. And we want to declare ourselves as Africans, dear Lord, that, dear Lord, you will use us as African women, dear Lord, to be brides. Mm. Not only spiritual brides, but also physical brides to the Jewish people, Lord. Lord, we want to thank you and we bless your holy name. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Mm. Amen. Mm. Just unmute yourself if you want to pray. <laughs> <laughs>
you're trying to unmute, go ahead and try again. I checked the setting and it looked like it was still restricting people, so. Father, we thank you for this revelation and for um, the way you have expressed it through our brother tonight, Lord. We just pray, Lord, that um, we know that the one you man is a revelation mm. that comes through the word. Um, and we, we just ask that that revelation drop into the body of Messiah at this time. Mm. because it is your heart and it is the time lord and we just ask that that revelation become more ingrained and more just like when the jewish people find out that yeshua is the messiah and they read the new testament for the first time and they see that yeshua is jewish lord we just pray that as as the Gentile part of the family start to read the scriptures with a new lens, that the revelation would come thick and fast, mm. Lord. That mm. you would really just lift that lens off um, through the wonderful teaching of many people, Lord, that are putting this in the body. That as people go read their scriptures again, Lord, that that lens would have been removed. I pray for... Lord, that reconciliation, Lord. Lord, that reconciliation with, with one another, Lord. And mm -hmm. also, Lord, just to, just to know how to reach out, Lord. For, for the people that don't live near Jewish people, Lord, help us to reach out in a tangible way. And we just ask you, Lord, for that supernatural impartation in Yeshua's name. Let's have one more person pray before uh, Sat leads us. Dear Heavenly Father, as it says in Romans 15, um, that we would accept one another just as uh, in Jesus Christ, uh, you accepted us. And in order to bring praise to God, um, Father, forgive us that um, not being together as Jew and Gentile, we've robbed you. Um, uh, from your from from the praise that we are supposed to give you together and it says that we should have the same attitude in mind toward each other as you jesus had for us um mm -hmm. so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the god and father of our lord jesus christ father forgive us for where we have robbed you of your glory because we weren't one as Jew and gentile i just pray lord would you please restore the jewish people to their jewish messiah and would you restore the church to its jewish foundation and mm -hmm. i thank you for what you do and i thank you for the blessing and i praise you and bless your holy name in jesus name i ask and pray amen Mm. Amen. Amen. Raleigh, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us. It was a true pleasure and an honor. And uh, look forward to hopefully seeing you again in our 10 days events. Thank you very much, sir.